Hey everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Whitener Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online at sonicwebstudios.com for all your needs. Looking at a professional website without breaking your budget? Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs at below the competition rate. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention the Mike Whitener Show, get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor of the Mike Widener Show, international warring author Mia Molson-Zia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molson-Zia, available on Amazon paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those you love will be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molson-Zia has gone great reviews, and Eva Lovett and George by Howard's lovers, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and Manales. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Molson Zia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com and over 40 podcast platforms heard on uh, over 110 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also, Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Audible, Apple Music. Also, heard on HamiltonRadio.net, Diamonds FM, Oldies Radio, and a few networks coming soon. Take the Mike Widener Show on any mobile device. Subscribe to the Mike Widener Show on the YouTube channel. Follow the Mike Widener Show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok today. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. T-shirts, pop pockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies, baseball gear. Makes great gifts 24-7. Go to Amazon.com and Check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash Mia Molson Zia for great books like Missing, Once, and Wrinkles. Also, T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com slash Mia Molson Zia. Check it out today. I'll support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, themikewidenershow.com. Make sure you do so today. We're here with a terrific lady who's a board-certified patient advocate and founder of GetHealthHelp.com, making a phenomenal difference in people's lives and uh, began a private practice uh, patient advocate in 2008 and using the title since 1976 and represented businesses and um, also um, a number of uh, labor and community organizations uh, for uh, 30 plus years. And uh, she focuses on helping uh, private clients with uh, hard to... Um, diagnose and uh, chronic uh, health conditions and issues. She's also guided hundreds of uh, professionals to focus our business on the future of healthcare. And uh, she'll be uh, sharing her stories about um, about the, the healthcare system as well too. And, uh, and uh, why it's important to uh, pick the proper uh, power of attorney and also some stories as well too. And uh, what's it take to become a patient advocate? We'll find out just one minute. Live ladies and gentlemen from the Plus Studios in beautiful downtown New Jersey the uh, board-certified patient advocate and founder of GetHealthHelp.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Karen Isaacs. Karen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Uh, I am in New York City. <laughs> ah, I see. Well you're, on, well, you're on the East Coast, let's just say, too. So <laughs> <laughs> your jobs are just too close together here. So, <laughs> so you're a board-certified uh, patient advocate and founder of GetHelpHelp.com, making phenomenal difference in uh, people's lives. And uh, you began private practice uh, back in 2008 using the title back in uh, 1976, represented various businesses, labor, and community organizations for 30-plus years. Your focus is uh, helping private clients with uh, hard to diagnose and chronic health conditions. And you also help guide hundreds of professionals who um, focus their business on the um, future of healthcare. And uh, you also have stories to share and um, also some uh, what to look for in a patient advocate and more. And before we talk about that, Karen, tell us how you first got started. So I um, was a, 
I wanted to be in theater and I was going to school for theater and I my father had a heart attack um, mm. my first year in college and so my local dentist heard about uh, our family's plight and suggested that I might want to come and uh, train to work as a dental assistant and fast forward from there uh, I was setting up uh, healthcare um, facilities um, but I was the only one who really was doing it at that time because doctors could first start to advertise and so um, they didn't know how to advertise and I was um, instead of advertising on the back of the bus or you know they didn't have I actually did have one radio client uh, it was doctors mailman and flug and uh, the there they had Lee Crizo who wrote the Georgia Sheens commercial uh, wrote a jingle for them uh, it was um, a, a wonderful experience of hearing uh, how, how that how we uh, listened to different singers and uh, they actually decided to uh, take mortgages on their house and to um, promote it and they became multimillionaires uh, it was very successful um, but most of my um, marketing efforts were to groups where we would put on health fairs uh, have uh, notices in the paychecks to say that these doctors accepted their insurance and nobody was accepting insurance in those days so I was uh, asked to speak many times and uh, doctors need to get credits for to keep their licenses so my talks were approved to uh, for continuing education um, concerning the, at that time what was called the, the disenfranchisement of the healthcare system. The healthcare system was being considered that um, people were uh, going not going to you know their family doctor who would do everything and follow them to the hospital and deliver their babies and pronounce them DOA. Uh, there, there was just um, and so from there I uh, started to meet with um, people who were in the managed care industry, which we didn't have in the East Coast. Everything, all managed care started on the West Coast. And I met a couple of guys who had started um, a physician-owned HMO. And uh, I brought that idea to some of my clients, and we raised $20 million and wow. uh, submitted the application. And I basically you know, doctors don't like to do the work you know they had their wife do it <laughs> so it <laughs> was the one that did all the work and they got all the all the glory so um, they said well you know you we paid you you go ahead and write it so I wrote the whole HMO application I found out how to do it I interviewed people I brought people in consultants from all over the country and um, and that really was the beginning of what is now um, most of the healthcare system in the New York, New Jersey area, which is um, health systems owned by hospitals. Uh, I in uh, when uh, 2001 came, and you know 
what happened here on the East Coast. I guess, you know, the other parts of the country were affected. Uh, I was opening up a two-story uh, surgery center at the World Trade Center, too. And so um, my mother had just passed away. I turned 50 years old, and they blew up my office. <laughs> so. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't think we need to um, rehash that as well, too. If uh, September 11th came around, you could um, you know, talk about right now. It's just like, you know, that kind of brings back a lot of uh, memories of uh, 9-11. So, you know, your office, um, you know, was blown to smithereens. And then afterwards, you know, just um, – it's almost like, okay, my office got blown up. It's like, okay, what do we do now? So, so I had I had always been I had put, uh, been developing a, a directory of my doctors, my clients, and so I would put out a book every year for twenty five years. Put out a book saying, you know, these are the participating doctors. I called it participating doctors, meaning they were participating with me. Mm -hmm. And so, and on the back of the book, I had. If you don't see what you want here, call the patient advocate. So I just thought that was a great name because it was people who had problems. And, you know, in the, in the workplace, um, there was a lot of people who were taking off time from work for themselves, but also for their family members. And so um, when I went down to Florida, I moved into, my husband and I moved to Florida for a couple of years, we moved into my mother's apartment, and which was in a 55 and over community. Um, I volunteered and took training from Medicare, and then became a spokesperson for Medicare. And um, people started asking me, you know, can you drive me to the doctor? Can you fill out my checks? I can't see anymore. And I, I found that that was a lot more rewarding than working for the doctors. Hmm. That sounds interesting. All oh, sounds like a power of an attorney in a way too, and also um, a, a nurse's aide, a caregiver, and everything else, all at the same time. Yes. So I used to say I am like the daughter that they don't have, but now I now that I'm a little bit older, I say I'm like the sister. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that as well too. And um, we'll talk more about you being a patient advocate, how you got uh, gethealthhelp.com started in some of the um, stores as well too, what to look for. But first listen to the Mike Weiner show at the Mike show.com powered by Sonic web studios. Visit online at sonicwebstudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs at below the competition rate. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention the Mike Wagner Show. Get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor of the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author Mia Molson-Zia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molson-Zia, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. It takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is an illusion and those you love will be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molson-Zia has gotten great reviews and Eve Levin endorsed by Howard celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and Minutes. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Molson-Zia, available on Amazon. Also, the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com can be also heard on 40 podcast platforms, heard in over 100 countries, also on HamiltonRadio.net, Diamonds FM, Oldies Radio, and more. 
Take us with you on any mobile device. Subscribe to the Mike Widener Show on the YouTube channel. Follow the Mike Widener Show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok today. For great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash Mia Mosentia for great books, merchandise, and more. Also support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, themikewidenershow.com. Make sure you give generously today. We're here with board certified patient advocate and founder of GetHelpHelp.com, Karen Isaacs here on the Mike Widener Show. And um, you talked about how you got started in um, patient advocate and, um, you know, the change in the healthcare system. And um, also let's talk about uh, GetHelpHelp.com and uh, tell us all about um that uh, website, and also, how'd you first get started? When inspired So I, once I realized that I, you know, 9-11 passed, and you know, in the beginning, we weren't, it wasn't just that we couldn't go down to that area, but all our customers were gone as well. So um, eventually, things started to come back a little bit, and actually nobody knew that I was away, because at that time, I was, now, this is before internet, so I was able to do all my business on the phone and just fly in if I had to have an appointment. But once I came, once things uh, loosened up a little bit, I came back um, and I uh, heard about the internet. I had always enjoyed working with the computers um, and I used to use a computer as my uh, when I would go to health fairs or I would go to a convention we would put uh, just our name and have like a streaming thing going across mm, I had a, a, a computer that I was using for really the word processor and uh, so I heard about that and uh, put up my first website in 1990 um, and uh, at that time, it was a uh, Delphi forums was the, uh, the the precursor to Facebook, uh, and got to meet people from all over the world, all over the country. Uh, people, some you know, people like to come to New York, so it was easy to invite people to come and talk with me about what the future was. And um, I was always, uh, I was known as someone who was interested in the future of healthcare, and I could um, help to position uh, doctors to uh, promote their services or their um, their new invention. Um, so there was, you know, really a, an exciting time in New York uh, where people were doing um, angel investing. We would, like a shark tank type of thing, we were meeting at uh, down at the Yale Club and the Vanderbilt Club, and uh, the bankers would come and listen to people. Uh, you know, oh, I, I have this idea. I want to make a shopping site, and we were like, yeah, who needs that? <laughs> 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 oh my um, gosh! <laughs> um, and so I started to just tell people that I was a patient advocate, and nobody had ever heard of what that was. So. Um, as uh, things changed here, where I say I, you know, helped to bring managed care to New York um, back in the 1990s, but it really started to be utilized by the insurance companies, where the doctors had signed contracts back in, you know, the late 90s and the early 2000s 
the doctors didn't realize what those contracts were about. So I was giving a talk called Greedy, Lazy, and Cheap. And that was that if it sounds too good to be true, it is. It probably is. I've heard if, that before, if, yes. If you don't uh, want it, if you, if you don't put the attention to your business, it's going to fail. They were very lazy and they didn't want to do any of the work. And then um, they were too cheap to hire the experts because we, uh, there were lawyers who offered them, we'll review these contracts with you. We'll make sure that, you know, you're not signing your life away, which is what they did. And they didn't want to pay for that. So mm -hmm. that's really what, you know, I, the, knew that that was going to be the change of the system. I had been involved in a lot of health reform uh, issues. There was, you know, people were willing, were interested in uh, making money, you know, the quick buck. Mm -hmm. And so I knew, I could see that that was going to be very bad for patients. Mm -hmm. And so I started to just talk about um, how, how patients needed to take control of their, their own life. Well, what we said in the health reform movement is the, the reason we can't get anywhere is because the people who are fighting this battle are the sick, the old, and the poor. <laughs> so, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, so, uh, but yeah, but yeah when, when you talked about uh, patient advocate, you know, just uh, putting the name on it before it became popular and also solidified patient advocate. When you first said patient advocate before you made it like a title, what were the first thoughts that the people came to mind? You know, I never heard patient advocate. What are some of the things that came to mind when you said patient advocate before you made it officially a title? Yeah, well, you know, either people thought that they that an advocate was a lawyer and that they needed to. Uh, fight to, uh, you know, they would say, are you going to fight with the doctor? And I'd say, no, the doctors appreciate me. I always had a great relationship with them because I was making them money. And so I knew how that there were frustrations in the medical system as well, what they call compliance. The patient is not compliant. They tell them, you have to lose weight. The patient doesn't do it. You tell them, stop smoking. They don't do it. Tell them to... Uh, that they should uh, stop, you know, eating so much sugar. Don't drink soda. They don't do it. So, or, or what about going in for surgery? And what if they say no? Then, then what? Yes, and so, and then there were some real serious things, and that's the kinds of calls that I was getting all along from the back of my book, where I had said to call me if you don't see what you want. So the types of doctors who were advertising were I, they had to be have something special so they were the best of the bunch that were the ones who start, who were doing the advertising and they were the ones who had the money to invest in real advertising to be able to uh, make an impact but when the uh, patients would call they would have very serious issues or they would have I call it uh, disease of the month. I would get a rash of people calling about the same thing. Everybody had a sore throat and everybody was saying, I don't understand why this sore throat won't go away and my doctor can't find out what's wrong. And I would be able to say to them, you know what? It's going around. That's what mm -hmm. you have. Right? Because there was not, there wasn't this, you know, on, on television listening to the, uh, what's your medication and 
you know, and even the news wasn't interested, and that's probably you know why we have a pandemic that was ignored. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And it sounds like a lot of the ads that you see on late night TV as well, too, like, you know, 50 million reruns of Star Trek or uh, Bonanza or anything like that. You see um, an ad for whatever it is. And of course, you you had your share of the healthcare horror stories and all that. And um, how do you basically turn around these um, horror stories as well, too? Maybe you can just uh, pick a few that uh, we can all learn from. And how can you turn those around? Yeah. So I, you know, um, as I started. I started to be, you know, be involved with um, networking organizations. There, there were, you know, the beginning of some groups that were saying, you know, we we're all in the healthcare field or we're all in the senior industry. When one of the first things that uh, I was invited to when I came back to New York was a group uh, called Senior Umbrella Network, which was the umbrella of. Um, nursing homes, home care agencies, all these assisted living facilities, uh, and elder law attorneys, and all people who worked with um, within the senior industry. And I would say I'm a patient advocate, and nobody knew what it was. Then everybody was saying, I'm a patient advocate too. <laughs> <laughs> So, Everybody want to jump in the bag and wagon. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> when they saw that I can make that I was making a living from it, they thought that was a good idea. But also, then the need was there. The need was there. Everybody had their story. Everybody had a story. This happened to my mother. I wish I would have known you last year. This is what happened to me. And when I went to the doctor, and uh, and this is what I what they did. They would say I I handled this. I had to get the records. I had to. Uh, help place my parents. I had to find help for them. Uh, I had to find the money. I had to buy a special insurance. This, this how insurance worked. That insurance didn't work. Um, I had people that used private services from friends. People who use uh, services that were more um, were from the government. You know how the government play came into play with it. Uh, and so the, those people um, were showing me that uh, there really needed to be a specialty. And so I decided that the people I really could help and people I wanted to be around were people who had exciting, interesting lives. They were great people. I loved being around them. I would love to hear their stories. I was in inspired by them I was mentored by them and then I would want to spend the amount of time that I needed to spend with them <laughs> if it was going to be successful that it wasn't just going to be another thing of you know here's the five quick steps that you could take to find the right doctor <laughs> or, mm -hmm. or you know or, or I wasn't going to just take on their problems to, to myself and become their daughter in effect and just spend my life with them <laughs> how was I going to really make an impact and a change on you know on what what their whole life was going to be um, as they aged when they were going to have these chronic conditions 
Mm -hmm. and, and also, too, you hear about the stories about the power of attorney, assigning a power of attorney. You also have some horror stories regarding a power of attorney, like you said, um, you know, caregiver, writing checks and everything else. And of course, you know, why is it so important to uh, hire a power, a power of attorney? And uh, what are the steps and how do you know the right way to do it? And what's the right way to hire attorneys, a power of attorney instead of the wrong way of doing it? So I always loved reading uh, magazines where they had a quiz. And so I said, you know, I, I'm just going to make a quiz about how to pick the right pay, the right power of attorney, healthcare agent, um, and uh, who, it, who is it that you should ask. And I wrote it from the viewpoint of this is, if you... Everybody, you know, the the lawyers are out there talking about you need a will, you need a healthcare proxy, you need that. So, what I ran into was all these horror stories about either the family member did had a difference of opinion about what should be done about somebody's healthcare. There's, I don't want the operation. The family thinks I should get it. Right? Uh, whether or not they should spend the money to uh, get the help or hurry up and sell the house so I could have the money for my, of my parents and put you away in the nursing home. Right. Um, or uh, if they just didn't understand, if the people, you know, a lot of people just didn't understand. They say, I, I don't have any knowledge about what to do, so I'm just gonna, whatever the doctor says. I'll agree to. But everybody had a feeling about what they wanted for for their future. But they didn't, weren't really speaking about it to the person that they were going to ask to be that, to play that role. And so um, what I was making people do was sit down and say, let's just go through these 10 questions and say, are you, you know, here I'm sitting down with my daughter and I say, of course my daughter's going to be my healthcare proxy and my power of attorney. She knows me and I'm sure she's going to do the right thing by me. And then I would have to ask her, first of all, are you physically able to hand, help somebody? What if that person needs to be pushed in a wheelchair? What if that person falls on the floor? Are you physically able to handle that? Are you willing to take on somebody's problems. Do you like to listen to their problems? Because you're going to have to really know what that person does. And the, the main thing that people ask me is about, you know, what does a patient advocate do? And I know somebody who does that also. They always want to say, I know somebody who does that also. And then they would either bring up the patient advocate they met in the hospital or somebody who was a care manager. And they'd say, that's the same as a care manager. And people, a lot of people want to introduce me as the care manager. So I, the difference between a care manager and a patient advocate is the, patient, the care manager listens to what the doctor says and then gets the patient to comply. The patient advocate listens to the patient and finds a way for them to deal with the issue in the way they want to. So if it means they don't want to take the medication and they know that they're going to die if they don't take the medication, 
That's, that might be their decision. So that's the person that, that you need to have to be representing you because it's you, they're representing you, not representing themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that, and that's how we came up with the board certification test, with the idea of a board certification test. Um, the idea was that it's a, basically an ethics test. It says, do you know that it's not your decision? And it's a whole series of multiple choice questions, uh, trick questions. We had to learn <laughs> how to take, do quick trick questions. Um, and it's to make sure that the person that is making these decisions is not doing it for any other reason than for helping you to get what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And also, too, there's a lot uh, when it comes to ethics as well, too. There's been a lot of fraud, embezzlement, and um, everything going on. And uh, maybe talk about some more common cases. And how do you get the money back if you've been a uh, victim of fraud or embezzlement? So I love to tell you know, the stories of, um, I love the, the you know, ease, the, one of the best stories is a, a sort of a, com, a composite of a few people who um, had a similar thing happen to them, um, which was that when a uh, gentleman had come from uh, Germany when he was in his uh, teens um, and came through uh, the uh, they had to run away to Italy and then go through Africa and then wound up in South America and then eventually went to school in Cuba and then became a teacher in New York. Um, he had an accent, he had a German accent, uh, but he was really a brilliant person and he was very uh, interested in telling the story of how he came to America. And he had all these books from people who were similar to him. So when he was uh, eventually, you know, older and uh, what usually happens to precipitate getting into the system is a fall. So he had a fall. Um, He was in a rehab after short hospitalization and they had a um, a bracelet on his leg, like as if he was in jail, mm-hmm. so that he wouldn't get onto the elevator. And they said he doesn't know what he's talking about, and he's just one, you know, meandering around, and he's all over the place. And he would say things like, um, "They're listening to me on the telephone." You know, there's somebody on that phone. Um, and but he knew that he he knew where his money was, and he had been at really good investor so he had a lot of investments that were really paying off and uh, he was able to live very well for most of his life Um, so he said you know it wasn't safe for him to go home and he said here's my debit card I know that I this is where all my money goes all my income goes into this bank account so Call up, you know, take this bank account and get me a nice place to live. So get him out of that situation because he would have just, without having anybody to be his advocate, he would have just stayed in the nursing home. They would be happy to keep the person and 
take all of their money to pay for nursing home for the rest of his life. Mm. But he knew to say, get my banker on the phone. <laughs> Let's get yeah. out. <laughs> no matter what language. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when we called up the debit, the, the bank, they said uh, he only has $30 in his account. What? So um said, well, that's not possible. So he he gave me what's called the limited power of attorney. It means I'm just getting the power of attorney to handle one particular situation. And that was to be able to go to the bank and speak with the banker. I had no rights to take anything, no rights to sell his property, uh, no rights to uh, put him in a nursing home. All I had was the right to go to see what was going on at the bank. And when I got to the bank, they said, well, you know, he buys a lot of things at Victoria's Secret. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Forever 21. <laughs> I said, well, that's not him. <laughs> well, it turned out that his aide, who, you know, when you hear the words, oh, he loves her, she loves him, and they, he only wants her. That's like a red flag to say <laughs> they're too close to that situation. Something else is going on. Mm-hmm. So... Um, what this person was doing, because then usually they don't believe that they're going to get caught. They think, you know, oh, this person is too stupid. They're too out of it. And I can just go take their money. So it was very easy to uh, find who it was, who it was that was doing it. Um, the money comes back by filing a police report. And then the police hand that information over to the district attorney. Uh, and a fraud report is given to the bank, and the bank, it ha- your money is insured. So he was able to get that money replaced for a whole year going back. This girl had been, uh, knew his bank statements, knew what bills he had, that he wouldn't know that anything was going on because his bills were able to be paid, but everything else that was not his regular bills, she was. Um, I guess going to the store and buying things and selling them because how many, you know, Victoria's Secrets do you need? Oh my gosh, oh my, too much account, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and she was arrested and, um, and, and has to pay for her crime. Um, wow, that is something. And of course, um, you, you could also, um, you know, you can also be a patient advocate as well, too. And uh, more on GetHealthHelp.com with uh, Karen Isaacs. And uh, how do you be a patient advocate? We'll find out just one minute. Listen to The Mike Widener Show at TheMikeWidenerShow.com, powered by SoundWeb Studios. Visit online at SoundWebStudios.com for all your needs. Also brought to you by official sponsor, The Mike Widener Show, international warring author Mia Molson's The Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We'll be back with a board-certified patient advocate and founder of GetHealthHelp.com, Karen Isaacs, after this time we're back with board certified patient advocate and founder of gethelphelp.com. Karen Isaacs here on the Mike Wagner Show. We talked about um, some of the horror stories in healthcare and how to turn them around, picking the wrong power of attorney, picking the right one, also some embezzlement and fraud cases, how they get the money back. Now, of course, you know, the patient advocate um, has become a fastest um, career, career sector has been growing in the nation as well, too. How does one become a patient advocate? So, I mean, anybody can call themselves a patient advocate because there's no license. Um, that's the reason that we wanted to come up with this um, some type of criteria to say that someone has 
uh, gone through some type of vetting process. Uh, but um, they were patient advocates now. There were actually over um, a thousand people who have become board certified patient advocates. Uh, and there are a number of organizations um, that train patient advocates. Um, I belong to the uh, Alliance of Professional Health Advocates, uh, which is uh, has a directory where there's names of patient advocates all throughout the country. And it also talks about the specializations because I, I mentor people who want to become a patient advocate. I was selected by the um, by this Alliance of Professional Health Advocates. There was five of us around the country that were uh, had a lot of experience in advocacy. So we were asked, could we um, come up with some type of a mentorship program? And the first thing that people um, ask us is, you know, what do you get paid? <laughs> Where do I get my people from? <laughs> and um, and. So we came up with, uh, as, you know, there were more more standardized questions. So we came up with uh, pages and pages and pages, and again, you know, certain questionnaires for people to answer for themselves to see is this really something that you want to do, and then it is running a business. So half of what we um, help people to do is to maybe learn a little bit more about a particular subject. I have people chat with call shadow me. So if they're in the New York area, they can come with me for the day. And eventually, hopefully those people will be people I can refer to and trust. And I can say, I trained this person and I can refer clients to them. Um, but uh, the idea is not for them to be the same as me. My, you know, that's why I say, where my background came from is what fo have what formed what I do specifically. That's why it was you know get the health help was me. That's what I do. But what somebody else might do is help people with their billing. So maybe their thing would be get billing help, <laughs> and uh, pe other people are specific to cancer. Most I would say. I shouldn't say most because we, we are only now coming up with some real statistics and we will shortly have some real statistics um, on what patient advocates do. We, there was a, the, the board um, did a survey last year or you know, right before COVID. So the, this year and last year all melded in together um, of what is the role of a patient advocate. And, uh, and so there was, People who are hired as a patient advocate by the hospitals are basically consumer, you know, they're the, uh, the, the consumer department, you know, consumer affairs department, squash the complaint. Mm -hmm. um, it's the, you know, if you are uh, hired by an insurance company, by a hospital, by a company, then um, usually you're loyalties have to be towards that company, what it is that they're trying to do for the patient. But a private patient advocate, a patient advocate who has this as a business, is someone who is, their role is to help the, the patient to get what they want, then 
that person um, has to know what to do about it and not not one person can know every single thing that happens to every person and so I found I really like that quality of life type of issue that's why I my tagline is I find ways for aging icons to continue their life's mission I only want clients to come to me if they consider themselves an icon somebody else might want to help people who are underprivileged and so they might start a not-for-profit and they would still be a patient advocate so that's you know really the person has a calling to say that they want to help patients in any way and then they can define their business model how they want Mm, that's really interesting too. You talked earlier about the future of healthcare, and you talked about uh, you know back in the day or so. What do you see in the future of healthcare? Um, you know, right now into you know past twenty twenty two and beyond. Well, I, you know, we wished that there was um, a, a national health plan, uh, which you know doesn't seem like that's going to be something within our maybe not within my lifetime. Um, and so there is currently uh, more and more moving towards a two-tier system where the people who have money will be able to buy concierge services. Um, there are now um, companies that uh, offer uh, what would be the future of healthcare they have. Uh, all kinds of high-tech ways to find out what's going on and do a lot of prevention and these are fantastic things that are happening but people need to have money to do that and then as a patient advocate people say well what do people do if they can't afford you well unfortunately I, I don't have an answer for that they can't have me they can't have what I offer but if someone calls me and anyone can call me I'm happy to talk to anybody on the phone or have them email me. But all I can do for those people is refer them to services that might be able to help them and unfortunately, you know, not really be able to help them too well if they really don't have um, too much money. If they have no money, <laughs> sometimes that's better than having a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Right. And it also depends on well, too. We'll find out what the future holds in 2022 and uh, and beyond as well, too. And uh, where can we get more information on um, and uh, where can we find you on the website? So uh, gethealthhelp.com is my website. Uh, I also have a blog at KarenIsaacs.com. Uh, and uh, anyone who's interested in uh, what I now believe to be the uh, what we should all be concerned about is patient safety oh and, yes that's another one another sector like patient advocate that's a good one patient safety and so you know we just say thank you know thank god you have your health but if you don't have your health then you want to at least not have the healthcare systems kill you <laughs> or, or hurt you so in order for you to know that um, everything that you need to do to set yourself up, all the things we were talking about, making sure you have the right documentation, it's healthcare, it's legal issues, it's financial issues, and it's 
um, knowing the, who the, what the person is and knowing how to ask the right questions and knowing that you can ask questions. So all of that is in uh, the latest, my latest uh, advocacy work that I do for the public. Um, I'm on the board of an organization called Pulse. Um, it's a, uh, it, it's a, a not-for-profit uh, specializing in safety issues and on the second Monday of every month um, anyone who either considers themselves a patient advocate uh, a caregiver who needs to know how to advocate for somebody or just somebody who's has uh, an interest in learning more um, can reach me and you can see my uh, posts on and my now my reels that I'm doing on Facebook uh, for the for Pulse organization. We will certainly check that out as well, too. Once again, we're with a uh, board-certified uh, patient advocate and founder of GetHealthHelp.com, Karen Isaacs on the Mike Weiner Show. Karen, just a few more minutes here. Uh, what can we expect from you in 2022 and beyond? Uh, we are... We, there will be more people who know about patient advocacy. Um, there is a an organization called GNA Now, Greater National Advocates, um, that that is uh, really spending a lot of money and had a, a champion who had a medical error. It was an attorney who was victim of a medical error, and medical errors. That term is going to be very big because people are standing, starting to learn how to stand up for themselves. Mm. Uh, on on the side of healthcare, uh, right now you don't see a doctor in the hospital. You don't see even a nurse anymore. You say, "Oh, it was all the nurses." No, now it's a student who may come to. Uh, interview you because what it, what's happening is everything is the doctor in a box. So just mm. like we have the computer, the more that uh, insurance companies force the standardization, and that's where the government is moving to go towards, which is um, these are going to be the rules for payment and you know people who have to work for a living. They follow where the money is. And so where the money is going to be is going to be in these standardized um, procedures. And so as more and more uh, standardization occurs, and this was all part of how Obamacare was meant to work, that it was meant to try to say these are the quality indicators and uh, now we have those in effect. And so when you go to the doctor or you are in a hospital, you will have the doc the doesn't matter who who it is. Like they don't have to know anything else. They just have to press the button. You know, you, you see it when you go into the doctor's office and they're not looking at you, they're looking at that screen because it's telling them. So why did why should it be a doctor? It could be anybody or it could be a robot. 
<laughs> or it could be somebody from the Jetsons back in the day, too. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. The future lies ahead in front of us on a screen here. We're with uh, Karen Isaacs on the Mike Wagner Show. And who do you consider biggest influence in your career? Uh, the biggest influence in my career was my mentor who um, met me back when, and when I was uh, a dental assistant and, uh, and said, you know, you should be a consultant. <laughs> and, and then for many years helped me to learn how to say, um, doctor, how would I be able to help you if I don't know how to ask for the money m for myself? <laughs> 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 That is how I made sure that I continued to have a business that's been alive since 1976. And I think, you know, when people say, you know, you're successful, I think, you know, it's just, are you still alive? So. Mm -hmm. That's certainly a true as well. And what's, and um, what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point? Well, the best advice I can give is to not to be afraid to ask questions and pay attention to what is being um, told to you. And if you can't do it, you, no one can do it themselves. And there's so much to learn. So don't go it alone. If you ask anyone to make sure that somebody is your advocate and it could be your neighbor, it could be um, your, your family member. And if you can't find somebody who would be able to do, who is willing to stand up for you, or just go with you to the doctor's office or be with you through any kind of health scare, then please reach out to a professional. We will certainly do so. Once again, we're with a board-certified patient advocate and founder of GetHelpHelp.com, Karen Isaacs on the Mike Wagner Show. Karen, very big. Thank you for your time. You've been absolutely amazing. Learned a lot from me. Looking forward to having you again soon. Make sure you keep this up to date. Keep in touch. Love having you back. Once again, tell us about your upcoming projects, what's your website, how do people contact you, and uh, where can people simply get information? Thank you. What website? GetHealthHelp.com. And we'll certainly check that out. Once again, Karen, a very big thank you for your time. You've been fantastic. Absolutely looking forward to having you soon. Make sure you keep in touch. Keep us up to date. Looking forward to having you back. We wish you all best. And Karen, you've got a great future out of you.